Hello, and welcome to Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. And we have Dr. Hanscom in the studio tonight. I'm your host, Tom Masters, and the topic of tonight's episode is moving forward with your pain. And hi, David. Thanks, Tom. I uh, appreciate talking to you tonight. This is one of my favorite topics, and it's one of the most confusing topics of the entire process, but it's also the tipping point of the concept which makes the doc process effective. And the whole basis of healing is that you can't really fix your chronic pain because your your attention's on the pain. And it's the ultimate paradox in medicine and chronic pain work because the more attention you place on your nervous system, the more that part of the nervous, nervous system is going to develop. So it's like any learned skill, the more you repeat the skill, the stronger it's going to become. So people go on an endless quest to find an answer to the pain, and understandably so. I mean, I did it myself for about 15 years. But looking for solutions, looking for cures, reading self-help books, um, meditation, mindfulness, actually all of those don't work if the goal is to get rid of the pain because the pain is basically running the show. The key to the process in solving chronic pain is, is that it is a memorized neurological problem that gets connected with more and more life experiences and the memory can't be erased. The neuroscience is becoming clear from all over the world, really. The neuroscience labs are all saying the same thing. The pain is, does not indicate a structural problem. It's a construct of multiple sensory input that says it hurts. And so what happens is that if you concentrate on it, it's against a neurological output based on sensory input. So if you pay attention to the pain itself, it reinforces it terribly. The key process is that the unconscious brain is a million times stronger than the conscious brain. It's not subject to conscious interventions or rational interventions. And the key issue is you have to truly change the direction of your brain. It's like diverting a river into a different channel. You can't control your pain. You can't control this unconscious survival response, but you can direct it. And that's a key issue is you choose where to direct it and then then work on reinforcing those circuits and things start to change. And uh, what are some of the best tools to to make that happen? Well, I think the first one is accepting the fact that, you know, the Buddha says that Pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. So there's the impulse, whether it's a tendonitis or a bone spur, whatever it is, you have the actual impulse. Then the reaction is, you can see emotional reaction. That's really ugly, really uncomfortable. So you have sort of an emotional chemical response. There's also a cognitive response. It's like a triangle that says, okay, this is what happened. This is what I have to do to avoid it or get out of the trouble here. So again, your tension's on the pain. So what you have to do is direct your attention elsewhere. So the first step is backwards in that you have to accept the fact that pain is inevitable. If you didn't have pain, you wouldn't survive, right? So what happens is a syndrome where people are born without pain fibers. It's called congenital indifference to pain. The lifespan of these poor children is only about 10 to 12 years old because they can't protect themselves. And there's nothing they can do. There's nothing you can do artificially 
to duplicate the pain system. So the classic examples in lepers who have no sensation in their arms and feet or hands and feet, and when they put these artificial sensing devices on these patients, they just take them off and put their hands in the fire on a hot stove. So what happens is they die of disfiguring problems and infections based on continually having open wounds. So having pain is absolutely critical. So the first step, believe it or not, is accept that you have pain. But if you have if you get upset every time you have pain, you have that emotional charge response, which increases the body's adrenaline and cortisol and stress chemicals. But what it does, it doubles the nerve conduction, so it increases the pain. So accepting pain as inevitable is a really critical part of the process. The suffering comes from that emotional layering that we put on it. So if your vision is to live a life that's rich and full, which is gonna include pain, by the way, and your brain starts going that direction, that's what's gonna develop. So once you accept the fact that life has pain, you're never gonna go to pain-free, you can go relatively pain-free, in other words, you don't have to be trapped by pain, but the goal is not to get rid of your pain. The goal is to actually live your life with or without your pain. So a lot of ways of doing that, one of them is just reconnecting with your original vision you had in high school and college. When you graduated, went to school, you had lots of hopes and dreams, and I don't think being in chronic pain was part of that plan for most people. What you do is you spend an hour or two, I call it in, in somewhat of a meditative state, just remembering what your dreams were. What were they? What did you want to be when you grew up? Was it an artist, a sculptor? Maybe life caused you to do something that you didn't want to do. But you still you you can still do things in life that you like even though you may not be able to make a living at it. In other words, you still make your living, maybe not doing exactly what you want to do, um, but you still can bring things into your life that you enjoy. So a big factor is reconnecting those original dreams that you had. Another factor, which I think is huge, is play. And we know when you're under, when you're angry and frustrated, your body's full of adrenaline, cortisol, and histamines, which is a very unpleasant state of mind. And when you're a player, take a playful mindset into life, is that your body chemistry is oxytocin, dopamine, serotonin, and um, the GABA drugs, which, which like Valium. And I'm not dishonoring people that are in pain because people get really upset, upset at me and say, look, you tell me to play when I'm in this kind of pain. And I say, look, forget about the pain for a second. Just think of a day that you're angry. Think about the days that you were in pain. I'm sorry, think about the days that you were angry before you even know what chronic pain was. It obviously wasn't a great day, right? What happens is that people forget that when you're in pain, you're right to be angry. I get it. As you know, I have arthritis in both my hips and my knees. But what I don't have compared to my pain 20 years ago is I don't have the anger and anxiety around it. It's just pain. That's why when I walk down the street, et cetera, I limp and I'm stiff. I'm not that bad of a shape, but I don't have the anxiety and the anger like I used to have. So what happens with connecting play pathways, first of all, life is just more fun. But again, it's a full body response where your body's full of play chemicals. One example for me personally was that I had done, had done a lot of work. I was pretty much out of chronic pain. Most of my physical symptoms had disappeared. And I was trying to think of what I could do to go to the next step. And I sort of hit upon the idea that I had played trumpet in high school. I couldn't play it now, obviously. But if I retrained those pathways, I could connect with them very, very quickly.
So I decided to connect with Play Pathways, which had been obviously buried by the stresses of work and life in general. So I decided to enjoy my work, enjoy my staff, enjoy my next patient. Obviously, everything wasn't enjoyable, but if something was a challenge, I decided to enjoy the challenge. Because what a challenge does, by the way, it contrasts with the enjoyable part. You really can't really enjoy things unless you have a negative to compare it with, right? So I spent lots of time, honestly, purposefully, taking a mindset of play to work. It changed. We, we have a great time at work. The last five years of my practice have been wonderful. I come out of clinic having a great time. My patients are smiling. My staff is smiling. And it really has made a huge difference in my overall work life. Then my quality life. Really, I spend much more time with a, with a body full of relaxation chemicals than stress chemicals. So it's changed the quality of my life pretty dramatically. I also realized that you heard the, you heard the word work hard, play hard. Well, I realized that if you looked at work as work, which I happen to enjoy my work, then you're working too hard, you're frustrated, you're stressed out, then you can't really enjoy your vacation because you're trying to recover from your work. Work versus play, by the way, someone in artificial designation. I mean, the human, did, the organism has been built only to survive. It's not really intended to have a good time. We develop social skills because we have a higher chance of survival. But to nurture those play pathways is a learned, deliberate skill, which makes a big, big difference in biochemistry. Then what happens, your pain actually physically decreases. The other factor that came to my attention in the workshops that we did is not discussing the pain. And my wife did this to me about five years ago, maybe a little bit longer, where I come home from a bad day at work, I start complaining about work and the administration and all sorts of different politics at work, et cetera. And she told me to stop it. I'm going, what do you mean? I need to tell somebody. She goes, no, you don't. And it took me a while to figure this out, but she's right. I want to come home and enjoy my time at home with my wife. It doesn't help her. It doesn't help me to bring that work home. So I quit complaining. We also ask all of our patients never to talk about their pain ever because they're getting your attention on the pain. So yeah, you have the pain, but what are you going to do that night to enjoy the evening? That's the key question. What are you going to do right now and enjoy your evening with your family, with your wife, with your spouse, with your kids, with your partner? What are you going to do now to enjoy the evening with or without your pain? Paradoxically, as your attention goes towards that activity, the pain actually drops down. I'll never forget one patient about 20, 20 years ago, way before I knew about chronic pain. And he had total body pain. He had been disabled for 10 years. And I couldn't see anything really wrong, but he was obviously quite miserable. But it turned out he was a very, very high level, almost TV level, actually maybe TV level type of person who built these very fancy motorcycles called choppers. And he also leans over to me and goes, you know, when I'm in my shop, I don't hurt. He goes, as he was totally immersed in what he loved to do, he didn't have any pain. Because your brain's attention can only go to one place at a time. If it's on the pleasure circuits, it's not on the pain circuits. So not only is the brain on different circuits, it has a dramatic difference on your body's chemistry and sense of well-being. And the dramatic contrast between his pain diagram and his complaints and what he told me at that moment always stuck with me. So it sounds like basically the first the first step then is awareness that that pain is a part of life that's there to protect you. 
and that right. and that you can control it by using the different tools that you described you can con you can control what kind of chemicals your body produces that can either lessen or amplify the pain well let, let, let me correct you a little bit on that i'm not trying to be difficult here but the word control is a misnomer when it comes to the unconscious pain response. You can't control it. You just can't. And I'm just going to go back in the conversation again, because people, this is really a huge tipping point in the whole process. Everybody comes to me because they want to get rid of their pain, right? Right. And when I do my workshops back east at Omega, by the way, our next Omega workshop is June 7th through 9th. And literally in that weekend workshop, essentially the whole group goes to pain free. The first thing I tell them is that you're not here to get rid of your pain. And I'm serious because I don't know if the pain's going to go away. I honestly don't. But the workshop's based on awareness, hope, forgiveness, and play. And I couldn't understand for many years why people have such a dramatic response so consistently that I finally realized it was the body's chemistry. As they truly relaxed, felt safe, had a good time, they flipped into a mode of a plus being with other people in a structured environment, the pain went away. But, but their body chemistry changed dramatically. I know that it reminds me of one of the, one of the suggestions we also make is, and I've actually seen this multiple times with patients, a huge factor in treating chronic pain as far as moving forward is re-engaging with your family and friends with or without the pain. As you re-engage with family and friends, first of all, when you're socially isolated, the research shows that you have the same symptoms as chronic pain. So, so just social isolation alone creates chronic, symptoms of chronic pain. By reconnecting with friends and family, generally it's a good time, not always a good time, but generally it's a good time, but your brain's clearly connected to the tone of voice, where you are, what's going on in the conversation, and you're off the pain pathways. And again, I didn't understand this for many years also, because often in the questionnaire that people bring into the office, they took off re-engaging with family and friends as a big factor in them healing, and now I understand it. it makes a big difference to re-engage. But again, you're moving forward, and what I've also found out through the workshops and just general experience, and, and I understand, I did the same thing. I became an epiphany addict. I was looking for that one answer every day, almost half the day, what can I do to get rid of my pain? And I didn't realize, I mean, this person I was working with, I said, look, stop reading books. Don't read another book. I'm going, what do you mean? I'm in pain. But I, and he didn't understand the reason why, and I think now we both would understand it, is that your tension on the pain. So as you seek a solution, again, pain's running the show. So between people talking about their pain a lot to friends, families, and colleagues in their search from pain, I think a lot of people, the nervous systems on the pain circuits probably 40 to 60, maybe 80% of the day. And so again, re-engaging, relaxation, not discussing the pain, pursuing your vision, all those things get you moving forward and paradoxically away from the pain circuits. Well, David, this has been very enlightening and it certainly has given our listeners a, a really a good toolbox, if you will, to as a way to move forward through their pain and, and basically get back to enjoying their life even though they, they have pain. Right. Again, I think, I know people are very frustrated with this particular conversation. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to quote a couple of things I wrote on my website. Albert Einstein wrote, 
life is like riding a bicycle. To keep your balance, you must keep keep moving forward. And that's in on the, on the picture on my website of a bicycle going through a trail a mountain bike. And if you're sitting in one spot, you could feel all sorts of aches and pains or whatever. But if you're moving down that hill fairly quickly, where's your attention? It's on everything around you. It's not on you. So you're simply reacting to the environment and moving forward with your pain. Um, the other one is that, you know, people talk about how they quit pursuing their dreams. And I wrote um, a little a little. So the quote is from Gabriel Garcia Marquez. It's not true that people stop pursuing their dreams. It's not true that people stop pursuing dreams because they grow old. They grow old because they stop pursuing dreams. Well, my modification of that was that as you get older, anxiety and repetition becomes stronger. And what happens, people have the dreams there, but it gets crushed by anxiety in life and stress. It just gets crushed. So it's really key to reconnect with what's already there. Those pathways are already there. We know human beings actually develop through play as children. Everybody has it in there. It's how the brain develops. So yeah, just moving forward, creating your vision, play, engaging, moving forward. The ultimate paradox is a much higher chance that your pain is going to disappear. But anyway, no, I pre so we'll have different topics going forward, trying to clarify this even more. But I, one of my coaching tools when people get stuck or with recurring pain symptoms is this exact conversation about just get going. You were out of pain once, and now you're triggered, you're back in pain, keep moving. And it's remarkable what happens. It's really remarkable. Well, David, I want to uh, thank you again, as always, for, you know, for extremely useful information for our listeners. And remind our listeners that you can find more information on David's website, www.backincontrol.com. And also, uh, uh, please uh, tune in next week when we'll have another episode of Back in Control Radio. Thanks, David. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for listening today, and join us next week for Back in Control Radio.